Today, God, we are again thankful for the worship service and for those that are here, our guests, and the people of God. Thank you that there's one body, one body that we can gather together because, Lord, we have Christ in common. The fact that we can come and worship the Savior, all nationalities, all cultures, Jew and Gentile. We are thankful to you, Lord, that you brought the body and bring the body together. Today we pray that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We love you for who you are. For those that are not feeling well in their bodies, here as well as those that are not here, we pray today you will touch them in a special way. We love you for who you are. For those that are returning from vacation, as school begins this month for some and in September, that you will cover the students right now. We pray a special blessing on the students. We pray that you will keep them safe from the harm, the attacks of the enemy. We know he means them danger, but God, we serve a great God who hears us when we pray. And we thank you right now for answering prayer. We again, we lift up the victims in Texas and Ohio, and we pray for those down in Gilroy. We pray in Jesus' name for the families to be comforted. My God, my God, you, Lord, will be looked to. The fact that we need a Savior. This world has gone crazy, but we have a God who knows all things. And the fact that you are in control, we can depend upon you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remain standing, would, as I read the passage. Picking up at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13, I'll begin through 21. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper. And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You may be seated. May the Lord add a blessing to his word. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. We are picking up with part two of our sermon. I am not what I used to be. Part two. I am not what I used to be. It is becoming more and more clear that there is a difference between light and darkness. The path that was once concealed by by fine-sounding speech but led to a path of darkness is now often openly exposed as darkness, and many people are, are just willing to stay there and go deeper into that area. At times, things that we used to be embarrassed of to do, and those things where we would be ashamed, it is now being promoted openly, 
And the church has to remember that God has called us to be light to a dying and a dark world. When darkness is exposed for the evil that it is, there is a choice that one must make to that which has been brought to the light. Paul has been hitting hard that there is a clear distinction between light and darkness and that choices can be made. Whether you know it or not, you are always making choices. You're deciding when you want to go to bed at night. You're deciding what you want to eat in the morning. You're deciding what you're going to wear. You are making choices all day long. You are sometimes making choices even when you don't want to make choices. That is a choice. You need to understand that you have to make choices in life. And the Lord is calling you to make the choice that allows your light to shine. If you are a believer in Christ, you do not have, you don't have, you know, friends that you used to have. Some of your friends have left you because you don't do the same things. <laughs> you, you don't do the same things. And, and so some of your friends have said goodbye, left you, kicked you to the curb, said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. But I need you to understand something. That whether people want to accept you as a friend or not, you still have a responsibility to let your light shine. You cannot compromise your walk, but you should not be such a distraction so that people can't come around you. You, you, you remember, you have to be salt in a world, and you have to be light. You have to understand that people have to make a decision in this world, and if they don't see you, Many will never see Christ. Some of you told people, stop looking at me. Who else are they going to look at then? If you are supposed to represent Christ, they should look at you. I'm not perfect. Don't look at me. No, look at you. I'm going to look at you. And I told you, I'm going to inspect your fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Stop trying to steal plums from somebody else's tree. My neighbor, Mr. Mr. Morgan, years ago, I was notorious, me and Keith and Byron. And some, we, I don't know why, you know, stolen plums were better than if he just gave them to you. But we would go jump over his fence. Just the fun. Is he looking now? Okay. Jump over the fence and grab the plums and jump back over. One day, he was standing in his backyard watching by the door. And I didn't, this, this day, I, I was on lookout. So I was standing by our house, and Keith ran around the side and jumped the fence. And as he was going back over, Mr. Morgan came out, get out my yard before I shoot you. <laughs> and you could see Keith trying to run to get away. Within five minutes or ten minutes, we heard a knock on the back door. It was Mr. Morgan with a big bag of plums. And says, y'all don't have to steal, just ask for them. I was so embarrassed, even as a kid, but I did accept them. <laughs> you are not what you used to be. I'm going to pick up with another point. We had point one last week. The point two today will be, come out of darkness into the light. Come out of darkness into the light. Primarily Ephesians 5, 13 and 14. There are three stories that I want to just briefly mention to address uh, this point. 
come out of darkness into the light. God called Jonah to go to Nineveh. And it was to bring, when Sister Michelle was talking about that, she's preaching my sermon, I was thinking. <laughs> it was to bring light of the light of God to a dark city in order to stave off the judgment of God. The Lord told Jonah, you go to Nineveh and you warn the people that I'm coming to town in these many days. And Jonah did not want to go. The Lord said, you, Jonah, go and be a light to that dark city. Jonah was needing to be that person, and yet because of the Ninevites and how they treated the Israelites, he wanted God to judge them. He did not want the people saved. It became important for Jonah to understand that God said that he was to go and to preach because God has a different plan than we do. God loves people and he wants them saved. The light that was to be shown was not up for debate. But Jonah decided to go to Tarshish, go buy a ticket and go in the opposite direction of what God had told him to do. God said, Jonah, you go this way. Jonah says, I am going that way. Jonah had prefigured that if he went and the people happened to change their mind, that God in his graciousness would forgive them. So he decided it would be better not to even give the message because I don't want them saved. And I've told you before that it is sad that when the church the body of Christ do not want to see the unsaved saved. That is a problem when the church has a problem going. Now, I don't want to go talk to those people. You better go because who else is going to go? God has called us to be a light to a dark world. He didn't say, if you feel like going, he said, go. So, when Jonah... <clears throat> entered the University of High Seas Catch and Release, he got the message clearly when he got dropped off. And he entered the city preaching the word of God. Now, he must have looked horrible with the acid that he had that had been spurt on him. And he had come out of there probably hair most gone. He looked like me on top here. acid in his face. My dad said seaweed wrapped around his head. But he got the message. And I can tell you this. The direction that he was going, God had no problem providing a fish and the wind to help him. And I, I want to tell you something. If you are in the habit of running from God, remember this. He made this world. And he can use any elements that he wants to come after you. He can use wind. He can use water. He can use things that are not there as if they are. You can think you see something at nighttime and it's not there. So you can, oh, Lord, forgive me. What is that? And you're too scared to go forward, going through the forest, looking and saying, oh, what, is, what, what do I see? It is nothing but some limbs, but you were swerving down. It was a ghost. God can use anything he wants. He told you and tells you and me to go. He told Jonah to go. Jonah finally went. 
the Bible describes that there was a great repentance. The Lord says, Jonah, there's over 120,000 people that need to hear the word. And you'll find in the story of Jonah that Jonah, even at the end, was still upset. The mad prophet. <laughs> the mad prophet of the Lord. The second story I want to bring to your attention deals with the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Again, we're dealing with this point that come out of darkness into the light. The second story that I just want to briefly mention is the children of Israel. It was God who shined the light on the darkness of Israel and he told Moses that I want you to go to Egypt to deliver my people. Now Moses had been on the backside of the desert for 40 years. If you look at Moses' life, it's broken down in spans of 40. Can you imagine being 80 years old and going to deliver some people? You'd be saying, I'm, I'm ready to retire. I'm ready to sit down. The Lord said, go. Bring my people out. In both cases of Joseph, of Jonah and Moses, they tried to get out of their task. Moses said, I just don't speak well enough. And, and, and can you send somebody else? And, and the Lord finally got upset. I will send your brother Aaron. He speaks well, but you're still going. You see, sometimes God will still send you even when you don't want to go. You don't want the Lord bypassing. He says, fine, stay here. No, no, no. You see, the Israelites had been told when they were going through the desert, move. And they said, we can't go. There are giants in the land. But the Lord told Moses, let me jump back. He, he told Moses, go get my people out of Egypt. I see their plight. I see their difficulties. It was the light of God that was going to shine on that dark place through the miracles of the ten plagues, and God was going to show Pharaoh who he was. You don't have a right to hide your life and to reserve it for a better day. You never know what God is going to do or who he's going to use or where you're going to be for him to use you. God will use circumstances. He will use the timing of things. Just in, and put you in the right place at the right time. And you would have to say, no one could do this but God. So the Lord told Moses to go. When Moses finally went and began to give God's word, God did such incredible things. Now get this. That last plague that God sent was the plague of darkness upon Egypt. But in the land of Goshen, there was light. For God's people, there is light even when darkness may be surrounding you. Don't lose courage because you see nothing but darkness. You be the light because some people will be drawn to God because of the light that's shining through your very life. Doesn't make a difference if a hundred people are living in darkness right next to you. You be the light for God in that darkness and watch how they will be attracted to you. Because of the light emanating from your very life. The third story I want to briefly mention is the person that we're dealing with, Paul. It was Paul who was on the road to Damascus. On his way to get more saints to beat up and to take to prison and eventually kill. 
where the Lord at noon shined a bright light himself upon Saul, who fell off his beast along with the others. The light was so bright, and it is very interesting that the Bible makes note that it was around noon, when oftentimes we say the sun is at its peak. This light eclipsed the sun, brighter than the sun. Saul, what are you doing? Here was Saul living in darkness, and what happens? The light of the Almighty Christ shined upon him, blinded him, and told him, now you get on up and you go into Damascus and wait further instructions. You see, you have to be so very careful at times that you don't go ahead of God because the Lord has orchestrated events to take place at a certain time. And so the Lord had told Ananias, now there's a person by the name of Saul coming to town. He says, I've heard of him. And the Lord says, well, I want you to go put your hands on him. But wait a minute, Lord. This brother has been coming, has been killing saints. And in fact, he has letters from the high priest to come here and to take people to jail. He says, behold, he prays, go lay hands on Saul. He's my vessel. Here we have, in these examples, light being shown in a dark place. Do you not know that in your heart there's darkness? In fact, we talked about last week. Not only are these darkness, but the Bible says, that Paul says, you were once darkness yourself. But we have come out of the darkness into the marvelous light. In verse 14, part B of the verse, it is not fully agreed upon what the meaning of the verse actually is. It has been debated with commentators and theologians about exactly what it means what it's referencing to. However, it seems to be tied into Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Is Isaiah 60, verse 1 on the board? Did I put that up there? It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has, written, has risen upon you. Verse 2. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. It is believed that this was part of a hymn, possibly. It's believed that this was dealing for Isaiah, who reaches back to the Old Testament, Paul rather, reaches back to the Old Testament, and uses this passage even though he does not quote it verbatim when he uses it in verse 14. But what he does is that he, he uses, uses it in such a way to show how God's light is to shine. This is also referring in Isaiah to the future work that God is going to do eternally, dealing with how God would restore Israel. He reaches back to an Old Testament passage and uses this in part B of the verse. The call is for a spiritual awakening for those in death. When you oftentimes think and hear of those sleeping in the Bible, it often is a reference to death. Death, death, death. We think about that. Even in Isaiah 26, there's a passage around verse 19, I believe, 
that deals with this matter. But the call that we need to understand is that we must realize that God is doing a work in his people to make sure that the light is shining. When the Bible says that you need to wake up, because it is speaking spiritually that death has occurred. When you are in sin, do you not know that you are not alive? I mean, you may be breathing and existing, but you are not alive. Because when we think of life, we think of spiritually being alive in Christ. So we must understand that it is, that is very important. We must also look at this matter in verse number 15. It says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as wise, but as, I'm excuse me, not as, excuse me, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Let me give you point number three and I will soon be done. Watch how you walk and be sober. Watch how you walk and be sober. Look carefully then how you walk and not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. There is often a misunderstanding when the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. According to the late Dr. Sproul, a better translation of this would be, would be, be filled by means of the Spirit. Be, be filled by means of the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled by the Spirit. Is not the idea that one is to act by the fact of being filled that they are in some type of drunken state. Sometimes people will act like, oh, I'm so filled by the Spirit, I can't stand straight. No, that's not what that's referring to. Oh, I'm so filled by the Spirit. Oh, I can, oh, Lord, I'm drunk in the Spirit. No, that is not what that is referring to. Paul is making a distinction about a former way of life and how a person now is to walk in the light. And he then gives the answer in the, in the verses that follow. Now look what he says after he says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. I said debauchery, but debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Now look at this. What do you do when you're filled with the Spirit? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What follows is what a person does when they have been filled by the Spirit of God. The light that shines forth is that which shows the glory of God in a different way. So when Paul said, don't be drunk with wine, that was maybe your past life. The things that, sh that, that you did un under the influence are when you weren't saved. But Paul says, but be filled with the Spirit. And these are the things that people do that are filled with the Spirit of God the Spirit of the Almighty God. There is a contrast that he is making. Finally, the thing that he mentions that is 
so important. That is a transitional verse. Verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting. Paul uses this word here, this, this, this statement, not only to address what has come before, but also what is to come ahead. Submit, submit. It is very hard for people to submit to one another. Paul ends this section before verse 22 with submit. Because when a person is filled with the Spirit, one of the qualities and one of the light that shines through is a spirit of submission. I wasn't going to share this, but I'll share this. I don't know why so many things happen to me when I'm driving. I left at a good time this morning on my way down and had my cruise control set right at 65. And then when I got to a 55 mile an hour zone, because you know it goes from 65 heading south from San Rafael, when you get to right round North San Pedro, it goes to 55, for those who don't know that. <laughs> but as I'm coming past Central San Rafael, and I had been, you know, just kind of just meditating on the Lord and worshiping and listening to the radio, just kind of just, just thinking about the day and service and worship. And as I came to the church preparing for prayer, and there was a person that got on the road, and I, at the time, I just don't know why he got on at that time. But he did. There was a green cab that was got on right as you come off the Central Center Field. The traffic kind of merges from Central Center Field, and he's got on. And and I'm in. I moved actually. I moved over one lane to make room. There was another vehicle that was in front of him, and he's in this side here, and I'm in lane two. He's in lane number three. And, and, and as a good person, I have gone about 55, 60 at that time. And I wanted to make sure he didn't hit me, so I kind of just kind of slowed down just a little bit. Because sometimes people can't see because there's a blind spot right there. So as a good driver, trying to be, I slowed down to make room just in case he didn't see me and jumped into the lane. Well, I saw that he seemed to be okay as I was speeding up. This person, as I'm going by... Maybe he's in a hurry. Say, go ahead. Like, you know. I wish I had been light at that moment. I, I don't do any. I wave my hand back with at him. Didn't say anything. I just, I, well, not that he could hear. And, and driving down. <laughs> kept on driving, and then he passed on this side. And as a good person should do, I looked right at him. <laughs> and he waved. And I said, no, I think I didn't do anything crazy. <laughs> and I thought for a moment. I said, Lord, did I, I didn't do, did I do anything wrong? I said, if, I, if I've done anything that I shouldn't have done... Would you forgive me? But I was thinking right at that point, I was enjoying the Lord. Thinking about service. And at that moment, hadn't done anything wrong, he's up here. Because he wanted to move over. And thought I was going too slow. I got upset. But I had to watch. 
And just at that moment, I could have been in a different state, different place altogether. You have to be very careful because when you want to, when you are spending time with the Lord and you are trying to connect with God, the enemy will use any means possible to get you off base. And you've got to watch and you've got to be light. Now, I, I, I could have been sarcastic. Now, Lord, I hope an officer gets him because he was speeding. No, I didn't do that. I said, Lord, well, I'm blessed. But that happened just today. And it, and, it, and it helped me to recognize that I have to watch. You've got to watch because the enemy who is darkness does not want your light to shine. You've got to learn to submit. Now, the next time I may just do it, oftentimes you would just wave and maybe bless the Lord. You don't want to talk, just bless the Lord and go right on. But you've got to be willing in any situation, excuse me, to allow your light to shine. Even in the most difficult times, even when a person may do you wrong, let your light shine. Be faithful to the Almighty God. Stand to your feet. I am not what I used to be. If I was, I would have followed him. (laughs) But I'm not what I used to be. Why? Because there's a difference on the inside because of Christ. How is your light shining today? What is the enemy trying to do to conflict you? To hide your light. What, what is he trying to do? To maneuver his way in. Paul says, let your light shine. You have come out of darkness. You have come into the light. You are light. Not because of your light, but because of the light of Christ. Who lives in you and shines through you. Is there anybody in this place today that just needs to know and needs to know that God loves you and that God has a plan for you. If there's anybody that needs to know that, you can pray that. But then there's people there's people who need to who needs to accept the Lord as Savior. He he has come to die for you specifically because why there's only two things. There's darkness and there's light. And he's come to allow the light of Christ to shine in your life and to forgive you of your sins. It's his light that needs to shine in and through you. Consider the fact that we are sinners. We rejected Christ. We were walking the other way when he came to die for us. To point us to the cross. And says, only say yes to me. I'll bless you. Give me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me whole. Today I want you to know that salvation is available to you. If Christ is going to shine through your life, you've got to be saved. There's no other way to have it done. And he's already paid the price. He's already done it. He just says, he said, say yes. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's to the believers. 
The Bible says we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. As it is written in Romans, there is none righteous. No, not one. If you don't know the Lord, within your heart, you just have to say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. A sinner. I don't understand it all, but would you accept me as your child and I accept you as my Savior? If there's anyone in this place today, I'm not going to prolong this before we go, that would say, yes, I want to be saved. I want to know the Lord. I want to have the assurance that I will be with the Lord forever and that he'll help me in this life to walk for his glory and purpose. Anyone in this place, you put your hand up and write back down. Lord, we honor you today for your righteousness and for hearts that you are stirring right now. We pray today that you will help us and lead us and guide us. For those who have been struggling for some time with a decision and decisions, first for you, for salvation we pray for that the ground, the fallow ground, will be broken up. For those who are needing to make decisions in life and not sure what to do, those that are believers, we pray that, God, they will lay that before you on the altar. Pray and that they will seek your face and then act promptly to carry it out. The fact of the matter, God, is that we can let our light shine even while we're waiting on you to give further instructions. And today we pray that our light will not be hidden, but that the light will shine because, Lord, we are not what we used to be. Help us to learn submission to one another. We pray today that as we leave here that you will be with us that you will guide us and direct us. We do love you. We thank you. We pray that you will keep safe our guests as they travel, our members. We pray for them and pray for each person to get to their destinations safely. We pray that the word of God will be hidden in our hearts as we leave because we know the enemy is ready to snatch it but, oh, God, may it be worked out as we walk in you. We give glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May God bless you.